Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 76. In Judah, God is known. His name is great in Israel. His abode has been established in Salem, his dwelling place in Zion. There he broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. Glorious are you, more majestic than the everlasting mountains. The stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil. They sank into the sleep. None of the troops was able to lift a hand. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, both rider and horse lay stunned. But you indeed are awesome. Who can stand before you when once your anger is aroused? From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and it was still when God rose up to establish judgment to save all the oppressed of the earth. Human wrath serves only to praise you when you bind the last bit of your wrath around you. Make vows to the Lord your God and perform them. Let all who are around him bring gifts to the one who is awesome, who cuts off the spirit of princes, who inspires fear in the kings of the earth. Daniel chapter 7, verses 19 through 27. Then I desired to know the truth concerning the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet and concerning the ten horns that were on its head, and concerning the other horn, which came up and to make room for which three of them fell out, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke arrogantly, and that seemed greater than the others. As I looked, this horn made war with the holy ones, and was prevailing over them, until the ancient one came. Then judgment was given for the holy ones of the Most High, and the time arrived when the holy ones gained possession of the kingdom. This is what he said, As for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth that shall be different from all the other kingdoms. It shall devour the whole earth and trample it down and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. This one shall be different from the former ones, and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High, shall wear out the holy ones of the Most High, and shall tempt to change the sacred seasons and the law and they shall be given into his power for a time, two times and a half time. Then the court shall shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away, to be consumed and totally destroyed. The kingship and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the holy ones of the Most High. Their kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey them. Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. Then I was giving a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Come and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not hurt the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample over the holy city for forty-two months. And I will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for one hundred thousand two hundred sixty days wearing sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. 
Anyone who wants to harm them must be killed in this manner. They have authority to shut the sky so that rain, that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have authority over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague, as often as they desire. When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that is prophetically called Sodom in Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, members of the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And the inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and celebrate and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to the inhabitants of the earth. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and those who saw them were terrified. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies watched them. At that moment there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. The third woe is coming very soon. Good morning and welcome to the 25th and final Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Walkersville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 76, Daniel 7, and Revelation 11. And I should say really quickly, if you hear cartoons in the background, it's because I forgot to record last night, and so I'm trying to make do and making sure that I actually record uh, while the girls are watching some shows. But anyway, um, this is the last week of Ordinary Time, and Sunday, uh, the, the last Sunday of Ordinary Time is called Christ the King Sunday. And it's typically, uh, you know, added in the lectionary, this this uh, exchange between Pilate and Jesus about, you know, are you a king of the Jews? And I subscribe to a couple of Substacks, and, you know, I, I watch Twitter, um, and it's really popular to talk about, to, to make this day about anti-Rome slash anti-Empire slash anti I don't know, government, I suppose. And there's varying degrees of it, but um, <clears throat> I, for example, one of them that I subscribe to is Nadia Boltz-Weber, and she's much more moderating than others. But she still mentioned, like, oh, Jesus has come to burn his draft card and, you know, the talking about or making the assumption that statecraft is all about violence. And it's an old, 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 you know, idea. Machiavelli um, was probably the one that, made it most well-known when he called war just an extension of politics by other means. Um, I don't think that's true, but it's another entire um, episode or two. Um, but I don't think that's what's going on with this exchange. And the three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, before Christ the King and the three days following Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or today, Tuesday and Wednesday, will center on these same things, and you'll hear, and you have heard in the reading for Daniel, it's kings, kingship, nations, blah, blah, blah. And in Revelation, we get this um, Left Behind series kind of like, the two witnesses, they'll do this, and you know we take it literally, which is a big problem. But we also fail to take the kingship in a, in a context in which Christ encountered it. So there's a difference between Jesus' ministry a social 
cultural difference between when Jesus was walking the earth and when the Gospels were written. Paul is kind of an overlap. He begins writing before this change, and depending who you believe or read, he continues writing after the change. And that big change is the destruction of the temple and the war that that leads to it, the called the first great or the first Jewish Roman war from 66 to 70. Before all this, um, the province of Judea had some problems, but it wasn't as bad as, say, when the Maccabees came. And the Maccabees mostly fought against um, the the Eudemians uh, um, and the who would later become the the Herodians and. Rome was involved, but Rome really wasn't all that active in the the Middle East, you know, the Eastern Mediterranean. Um, and it was so the Romans knew that the Jews had a proclivity for being rebellious, but it never got so bad that they stationed their own legionaries in the province. Um, it wasn't technically a border province. Uh, the, uh, Judea was kind of like this sub-province underneath the province of Syria while Jesus's ministry was going on, before the Gospels were written. And so most of the soldiers that he encountered were local Syrian recruits, dark-skinned, familiar with customs, spoke some Greek in order to get by in the military, and were incentivized to buy Roman citizenship, by pay, by food, by you know stability, social mobility, um, not unlike today. And so Jesus, the actual context in which it would have all been occurring, there was not so much tension between Rome and uh, Israel, we'll say. Um, and that changes between the time, you know, Jesus' death and the destruction of the temple is about 30 years. And in that time, we go from the Sadducees, who are essentially in bed with Rome, who rule Jerusalem and Judah um, with Rome's at least tacit backing. Pilate remains in Caesarea. He doesn't come to Jerusalem unless it's a high holiday. And even then he tries to keep it muted. And he usually comes on Passover to pardon uh, a criminal. And on you know the, the year that Jesus is killed, they choose this guy who had been a seditionist, a, a revolutionary. And um, so when Pilate and Jesus are talking about, oh, are you a, the king of the Jews? He, the the tongue-in-cheek reference is like, oh yeah, another king of the Jews? They're a dime a dozen. Pilate knows it, Jesus knows it, like a, a, a king of the Jews is not a threat. The Maccabean revolt was, you know, hundreds of years earlier, or uh, over a hundred years earlier, and since then there had been uh, like five or six relatively influential um, revolts led by messianic pretenders. And Rome, with the Sadducees' help had squashed all of them. And so that it wasn't much of a threat. It was like a joke. And he and Jesus, when he's finally executed, it's like, one, look at this, one more king of the Jews. Look at the power that Rome has. But it's also the power that the Sadducees had, the ruling party, the ruling class of Israel. Um, and so when, he's, when uh, Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews, Jesus says, you say that it was so, and for this reason I was born. The reason that Jesus was born was not so that he could be king. God was already king. That's a given from eternity. 
The reason that Jesus is born is so that Lottie Dottie everybody, princes and paupers alike, will see the truth that God is Lord, not anybody else. And sure, that's Caesar, but it's also the Sadducees who wielded their power in concert with Rome to stay in power and to shut down messianic you know, claimants. So one of the things that I, that's disappointing about Christ the King's Son is we point a finger at Rome. A lot of us progressive Christians like get upset and say, oh, it's, you know, Christianity is anti-imperial. Well, maybe Christianity is, but Jesus is not. Jesus doesn't get, seem to give two shits about empire, whether it's an empire, a republic, a democracy, or a kingdom. Like, who cares? You know, don't be defined by what you're against. Be defined by what you're for. Preach the good news to the poor. And, you know, sometimes the, the pilots are the poor, and it's up to them to proclaim that Christ is Lord. Jesus is the king of the Jews. And so it's this, at least that exchange, I read it as satire. And if you read, if you've subscribed to my Substack, you'll see I got this Dave Chappelle gif, you know, from one of his stand-ups, like, gotcha, bitch. So he says, Jesus says, you've said that it was so. And it's like, this is the reason I was here, not so that I may be king, but that you may see that I am king. And you get it. Whether, you know, Pilate intended it or not, Jesus says, aha, that is precisely why I'm here. So that the poor and the rich alike will look at me and know that I am God. Um, Not to be God, that's not why I'm here, because God's already God, but to be seen for who I am, who the great I am is. Um, And so my beef on Christ the King Sunday is, it's not about Christ the King, it's about us being non-kings. Not just Pilate, and not just Rome, and not just the president, not just America, or like the czar in Russia or something. Like It's about us. Who do we say that Jesus is? Because God was born so that we, we all, can see the truth that God is Lord. Um, and the kingdoms and all that stuff, like you know, Revelation in particular, that's written after this Jewish-Roman war, when the temple has been destroyed, and it's an easy target to go after Rome. But the earliest Christians, from the time that Jesus dies to the destruction of the temple, if they set themselves apart within Judaism um, as being, you know, one of the things that set them apart was that they did not appear to participate in any way in the events leading up to and including that revolt. And that is an anti-violence stance, but it's also an anti-nationalist sense, not in not in saying we are not a people, we are not a nation, but we are not prepared to fight for that, even our own self-determination. We are not going to take up arms against Rome because Rome is not the problem. You know, if there is a problem, it's religion, not politics. It's people using religion to influence politics, as the Sadducees did. The earliest Christians, including James the Just, the Bishop of Jerusalem, and Jesus' brother, was killed by the high priest Ananias ben Ananias, um, who would become a leader in this revolt. So the revolutionaries, the insurrectionists, were the mainline Jews. You know, there were enough. <clears throat> there's enough popular support for this revolt um, that it set things in motion that led to the destruction of the temple, and the Christians, the the Messianic Jews, for lack of a better word. 
if they set themselves apart in, in any way in those 30 years, it was that they did not take up arms against Rome, even while everybody else was. They saw that Rome wasn't the problem. Pilate didn't kill Jesus. The crowds did, the religious crowds. Those who were either unhappy that he didn't come smashing Rome, or unhappy that he claimed that he was about to, and that meant that their own power might suffer. A prayer for sound government from the Book of Common Prayer. O Lord, our governor, bless the leaders of our land, that we may be a people at peace among ourselves and a blessing to other nations of the earth. Teach our people to rely on your strength and to accept their responsibilities to their fellow citizens, that they may elect trustworthy leaders and make wise decisions for the well-being of our society, that we may serve you faithfully in our generation and honor your holy name. For yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.